J.J. Watts is an Arizona Cardinal. What does that mean for the Packers going forward? They all of a sudden have to ship focus and focus on somebody else other than J.J. Watt. Joining us now to answer that question and many more, he's our Packers reporter. He is Jason Wildey. Jason, good morning. First things first, what do you think J.J. Watt saw in the Arizona Cardinals? There were a lot of rumors and speculation that he wanted to play with his brothers or come home and play in Green Bay or play for a Super Bowl contender, and instead he goes to the desert. Why? I'm sure he liked the quarterback, um, so I don't think it's necessarily, oh, well, he didn't want to play with Aaron Rodgers or chose Kyler Murray over Aaron Rodgers. But I think he also liked playing with one of his former teammates and DeAndre Hopkins, who was with him in Houston. And most importantly, I think he liked their offer. I, I would be stunned if there was a better financial offer out there. ESPN had reported that the best offer he had received was in the neighborhood of 15 to 16 million a year. And I'm no mathematician, but two years at 31 million with 23 million guaranteed is between 15 and 16 million a year. Jason, some I think saw this as a referendum on the Packers' 2021 Super Bowl chances. You know, if the management decided to sign Watt, it would show that they were all in on a Lombardi that they thought was in reach. Meanwhile, a Watt move to Green Bay would have proved that, you know, an NFL star thinks the Packers are a team that has a chance to go all the way. Uh, how do you think that this plays into that perception? Uh, Green Bay is still a solid team with some holes in it, with or without J.J. Watt. Yeah, and, and look, I, I think if his name had been J.J. Miller, um, I'm not sure that people would be quite as concerned about whether or not he chose the Packers, right? And exactly. if he'd have gone to some other school. So, look, he, I think he still has a ton left. I really do. I, I, I look at him and I remember, you know, there were those who wondered if Julius Peppers had much left. And he was older than J.J. at the time. And Julius Peppers was terrific for three years with the Packers. So I do think that there was, A, legitimate interest, and, B, a view that J.J. Watt could help this team. But the problem with that is, realistically, the Packers were never in a financial position to pay this much, even if they really, truly wanted J.J. Watt. So we're supposed to talk to Brian Gutekunst later today via Zoom. Uh, I don't know how much he'll delve into this. But the fact of the matter is, is that no matter how much they liked J.J. Watt or wanted him on their team, the economics were never going to work for a team that has other guys that they need to sign, and for a team that still has to figure out where their cap is going to land. Jason, what J.J. Millers are available for the Packers to go after, so to speak? Like, who could they potentially be in on now to improve the football team? Well, first of all, you want anybody with that legendary of a last name on your roster. <laughs> yeah, but not um, that skill set. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I think what's going to be really interesting, and, and we still are in kind of wait-and-see mode here, is where will the salary cap land? We've now been told it's going to be no le- less than $180 million, but that would still be an $18 million drop from this past season. But if these TV deals, which have been reported to be close to being done, actually get done, then they can absorb those COVID-19 financial losses into future years. The cap doesn't have to go down. Teams don't have to cut players that they normally wouldn't. And then the, the market looks different. If the cap does go down, though, Brian, Goody has already said the the market that he's most interested in will be the players that end up being available that wouldn't have been had the cap not gone down. There are some bargains to be had if that ends up being the case. 
Last thing for you, Jason. You mentioned Goody speaking with the media this afternoon. So is new defensive coordinator Joe Barry. What are you hoping to ask him and uh, and pick his brain about in his first act as defensive coordinator in Green Bay? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is what exactly is he planning on running? You know, he's got history in the Tampa 2 defense. He's got history in some other defenses. There's been some reporting out there that the Vic Fangio defense, which uh, is something that Vic used in San Francisco, he used it with the Bears, and now he's the head coach in Denver. Is that the scheme they want to run? I think that is among the most important, and I also want to know how different guys fit into what he intends to do. He was actually Preston Smith's position coach in Washington years ago, so maybe he's a guy that can get Preston Smith to be like the 2019 version instead of the 2020 version. You can hear Jason coming up on Wildey and Tausch on our sister station, 94.5 ESPN, at 9 o'clock. Thank you, Jason. Appreciate it. Always nice to get the call from these legendary names on the radio. <laughs> Take care, friend. Be good. 827 <laughs> WTMJ. I used his own lineup. You hit him with the tag out. That was unbelievable.